crazy poultrying fans. Guy Loco here back after, I guess, a small vacation. But don't worry, I have definitely been going to see the mo movies that coming out. Uh, however, January was a month that I didn't really go out a whole lot for reasons of something came up. Or I actually started to feel sick. So that's why I don't have a whole lot of January films that I could have talked about, but now that February is about halfway over, I figure I'll give you an update video on, you know, what I've seen lately, so this is going to be a January slash part of February One Bird Flying Solo Reviews. However, before I get to that, I'm just going to give a small shout out to the sponsor of this, and that's Anchor. And the first film that I'm going to give my small opinion on is Bad Boys for Life. Now, I never grew up actually watching and loving the original Bad Boy movies. I knew of them, but I still never really got around to watching them until I got a little bit older. And then again, I didn't really remember a whole lot about them. But I actually did decide to watch both of them because they were on Netflix before I went to go see Bad Boys for Life. And I kind of was iffy on the f them because the first one I thought had some good banter sequences, but the plot and some of the characters were ugh. The second one I just felt was too long, too over-stylized by Michael Bay at the time. So going into this one, I was like, well, I'm at least happy that Michael Bay is not technically directing this he is in the movie um but also will smith was kind of been on a very downhill streak in my opinion with his last few films and i hadn't seen martin lawrence in a while so i was like well at least they might be good and it might be a better stylized movie and it was it I thought like they had really good chemistry together. I actually thought the style was actually much better. And I actually felt like the villains actually had some depth to them and stuff. It's just that when the story starts to evolve and go towards the climax of the film, it really starts to lose me. And a number of the effects and stuff are actually pretty weak. I'm gonna because I'm gonna guess that's where the budget started to fall down a little. Um, however, I would say if you are a Bad Boys fan, you're probably gonna dig. You, you probably dug and dig the hell out of this. Uh, once again, I'm gonna say Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. I think actually Martin Lawrence is actually just a little bit better because this one still has me questioning about Will Smith's character about like you know, his actual personality and stuff, even though it does kind of answer a few things about him. Uh, but again, uh, it was at least entertaining. I loved the people that I went with to this because that's what made it just a bit better. Uh, but when I sit and think about it, there are just a few things that happen towards the end that kind of lessen it down for me. So, entertaining, but still not great uh, film in my opinion the best of the three so there's that uh, but I'm gonna give bad boys for life 
a B. Yeah, bad boys with a B. That sounds about right. The next film up that I'm going to give my thoughts and review on is the hilariously, obviously titled Underwater, starring Kirsten Wiig. Uh, going into this, I was very skeptical because it just looked very generic, borrowing a lot of stuff, and I mean, I am not a Kristen Stewart hater because I've actually seen her do pretty good in a couple of things. I have still yet to see the film that a lot of people I've heard tell me is her best acting role. But she's still iffy sometimes. And uh, this one I actually would say is one of her stronger performances. Um, I actually think that she was actually very confident in this. Uh... It's just that this was a film that was made apparently three years ago and just is now getting released. And uh, I feel like it's because they didn't know what to do with it. Uh, because it has a lot of the vibes like Alien and stuff like this with the suits. Uh, but they are basically in a underwater <laughs> trench below. And, you know... Stuff malfunctions, and there's monsters. Um, and uh, the obvious big thing is that T.J. Miller's in it, and he is not very well uh, regarded that much anymore. Uh, but the bad thing for me to be able to say is that I feel like I can't really say much about this because I was not feeling well, and it was an annoying crowd. So I actually probably would end up liking this movie a bit more if I could focus more on it, but because I also don't feel the need to check it out again until I want to kind of revisit it to ch see if my opinion changes, I am just going to go with a solid C+. Plus. Because, again, I was not feeling great. Couldn't pay attention and annoying audience, but I actually kind of liked it a bit more than what people probably would have thought. So, yeah, underwater a C plus. And up next is maybe my favorite film so far this year, as far as January goes, and that's The Gentleman, uh, starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam. Hugh Grant, and a whole bunch of other people, uh, directed by Guy Ritchie, and apparently this is Guy Ritchie kind of going more back to his roots amount, like when he was first a filmmaker, because I went back and I looked and I saw that the first movie I ever saw of Guy Ritchie was Sherlock Holmes, so it's a little off of his style when he first started, so... Uh, Going into this, I was actually very intrigued because Guy was on a roll lately of films that I was not a giant fan of, and I kind of liked that this felt like it could have been like a Quentin Tarantino-esque kind of inspired film, but then I also heard jokes and stuff that he was known as the English uh, Quentin Tarantino, so I was like, well, hopefully I like the cast, and... Yeah, I had a really good time with this. I thought Matthew McConaughey was great. I thought that Charlie Hunnam, this is probably one of his best performances I've seen other than Sons of Anarchy. Uh, 
But Hugh Grant steals the show with this, with his energy and his acting in this. Um, and I kind of want to go back to the Quentin Tarantino inspired because this is definitely like hitting like the whole making a movie and stuff and the part where it starts to feel a lot like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's a lot about movies and filmmaking at one point. In fact, there's actual like film reels and a film camera brought in and stuff. And they even show the Miramax place and you see a poster of Man from Uncle, which is a film that Guy Ritchie made. Uh, so some fourth wall breaking there. But honestly, I felt like this was just a very well paced, funny action movie with some pretty good dialogue. Uh, and with Hugh Grant just owning every time he's on the screen. Uh, this is maybe, well, I don't know. See, this is Sherlock Holmes. Because I haven't seen his earlier stuff, but this might be tied for my favorite Guy Ritchie film. Uh, does it have its faults? Yeah, sometimes the plot and the pacing can kind of go over all the place, so not a great, like, top ten film, in my opinion, probably for this year, but as far as, like, for what I've seen right now, this is probably my favorite movie of the year so far, so I am going to give The Gentleman a B plus. Next is the Gretel and Hansel film. Yeah, I was really surprised when I saw that this was in theaters, because uh, this is not something that's been beat to death now, but it could be public domain, I don't know. Uh, but it's basically the retelling of Hansel and Gretel, only they're putting more story and emphasis on Gretel this time. And they meet a witch in the woods, and they have to basically find a way to escape and not get eaten by the witch. And on one hand, I will give it this. This is extremely short. It's like an hour and 20-some minutes long. Um, and there are actually some stylish choices made, like with the cinematography and stuff that felt very inspired by the witch. There was, however, one point where it felt like it was very inspired by Mandy, so that kind of took me out. But it also decides to really play with the story because it's a bit more like Gretel has secret powers like to be a witch. And the witch is teaching her how to basically use them. So... In a way, you can say this is them turning the Hansel and Gretel story to Gretel and Hansel because they're making another female empowerment movie. Which, again, is totally fine. It's just that when you do it this way, this is starting to just get crazy and just doesn't make sense. Uh, one other technical problem. As much as I like her, who played Gretel, she was great in the It movie. But she literally has no accent. She speaks pretty much 
English American and everybody else is speaking like this old time English accent. So that was distracting. And there just were a number of times where it was intentionally kind of funny because they also at one point Gretel and Hansel eat shrooms, which look a lot like the Mario mushrooms. Uh, and I know I said that it's a kind of a compliment that it's only it's not even an hour and a half long. At some points, it does start to feel a little long. But at least this one actually had some stylish points. However, then the story evolves and the acting is on screen. The only one I thought was a confident actor was the witch. And yeah, not a whole lot to save it, but it's easily one of the best looking horror movies, I guess, from what I've heard from this year so far. Uh, but story and execution and character development given into account. I'm going to give Gretel and Hansel a D+. Up next is the Rhythm Section, starring Blake Lively and Jude Law, with her at training to become an assassin. And what else to say really about Rhythm Section, because this is apparently based off of a novel, written by the same guy that wrote the novel, and... Lately, that show's not a great combination. Uh, this also had a historic event where it was the worst opening that week of the year of all time. And boy, did it show because this was a messy, confusing, and just infuriating movie because character developments story plot lines that happen in this just make you question every decision that is made and just makes you just go why did I sit here because this is just gonna give me a brain aneurysm uh, I give credit that Blake Lively is trying but she is written horribly. This is a horrible character to try to get behind. And any almost character that gets into her like life for this point of this film, other than Jude Law, do not get attached to them. And she constantly fails every time because she's too scared to go through with anything. So that made me not buy into her performance and this character and then also just having me question why doesn't Jude Law who is actually a trained professional in this stuff just about him but that's not what the novels are um, I mean it's kind of hard for me to say that to say you know people are gonna go see this because they clearly didn't nobody had really that much of an interest there was really nobody in my theater and I don't think this deserves even the attention. Uh, I hope that the books are better. But this film is... Oh, it's infuriating and awful. I'll at least give it 
one compliment. There's one action sequence in a car that was pretty well done, but so many things making me so angry and just frustrated. I'm going to give the rhythm section a D minus. Probably the worst film of the year so far, in my opinion, that I have seen. And up next is Birds of Prey, or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Or is it Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey? They literally changed the title, so there's that already. Uh, going into this film, I was iffy-ish on it because Suicide Squad I was not a giant fan of. However, I did like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I thought she was the best thing in it. And, of course, going into this, I knew nothing of the Birds of Prey or Black Mask, portrayed by Ewan McGregor, even though I just know I like Ewan McGregor. And going into, I also knew that this was a passion project from one Margot Robbie, who is a big-time producer on the film. So I was like, eh, it, this could surprise me. And then I got shown the Rotten Tomato meter and some, and heard about some critical responses, and I was like, okay, maybe this actually is really good, but that's, like ridiculously higher than what I thought it was going to be, so I was just like, well, now this is going to have to hit a high bar for me. And I walked out of the theater, and I went, that was okay. Because I thought that, once again, Harley Quinn was the best thing about this, which they have then now changed the title after so many people have said that this is more of a Harley Quinn movie than a Birds of Prey movie. Uh, I thought that Ewan McGregor was having fun, but there was not a whole lot of depth to his character and the villain of Black Mask. And... Again, like I said, I don't know much about the Birds of Prey or these characters like Black Canary, Huntress. But, so with that, I'm just like, well, am I actually going to just like these characters and get invested? And I would say I was about, again, a, eh. I thought that Black Canary was a cool character, but she also didn't have a whole lot to her as far as what she did. She kicked, and then she didn't really do her scream, which was a little bit of a disappointment. I thought that Huntress actually had a pretty interesting backstory and cool fight sequences, but again, this is more, you know, of the what is happening in the film other than the characters being, you know, developed and stuff through the dialogue. But I will at least say this, I would rather watch this again over Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, any day, because this is actually at least colorful, fun, and pretty funny sometimes. Uh, the story and editing can kind of be a little bit jarring. And, you know, unless you're a giant Birds of Prey fan and you know these characters, you might be disappointed with how they're portrayed. But, again, 
I knew nothing about these characters going into. And I just still try. And you know the people that do this to me if you are listening. But I try to stay away from as much critical responses as I can because I don't want that to interfere with my thoughts. And I felt like if I didn't hear the reception, then I would not have been as let down as I was. Now, that's not to say that I couldn't watch this film again. I could. But would it be over Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman? No. So, because of all this, I'm going to give... Jeez, I guess it's now... Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, a B minus. And the final film that I will talk about and give my review on is Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, once again, like Birds of Prey and stuff like that, I did not grow up watching Sonic or playing Sonic, so... I went into this really not really knowing much at all. And I have no problem admitting that if you are a Sonic fan, because I went with Sonic fans, you are probably going to love this movie, and you're going to love the references made. If you're not a Sonic fan, and you don't know any of these references being made and stuff like that, you might be like me and just kind of walk out going... I didn't really care much for it. Uh, easily still, I got exactly the same feeling after the last and initial trailer. I was like, I bet that I'm going to find Jim Carrey to be funny and hilarious. But, you know, everything else is just going to fall flat for me. And I got to admit, I it did. I thought that Jim Carrey was very funny and very, you know, crazy and energetic and stuff. Like, this is like how some people have said, 90s Jim Carrey when he was doing all this comedian and stuff. But the character and developments and the story with Sonic are so contrived and so been done over so many times. And I'm sorry, but James Marston was just basically the same. He's been in everything other than Westworld. And I just kind of got annoyed and I didn't really start to care about Sonic as a character. And also the film does something at the very beginning where it flashes back. Oh, boy, now I gotta go back in time to catch you up so initially then when that happens you deflate any suspense going forward about will this character be okay because they just show that they're fine uh there's also a few glaring story problems as far as realistically uh, like, at one point, James Marsden's character is labeled as a terrorist 
on the news and TV, and yet he still can get into buildings and stuff. Which was driving me crazy. There's also one sponsorship in this that is very outrageous, and that's Olive Garden. So much so that they basically promote it like a commercial every time it's on there. And some people in my theater found it funny. I did not. I just sat there and kind of groaned silently. Uh, the other issue with this is that it's clearly probably not going to make its money back, and this is a definite setup for more films. Because they not only spent a whole lot just to make the film the first time, they basically then had to go fix Sonic again, so that brought up the budget even higher, even shutting down the team that helped fix Sonic, so that was the first casualty. But then, I haven't covered this much because I don't know a whole lot about it, but because of the epidemic going on in China and stuff, people not being able to go to theaters and them not getting the films in time, they're going to get Sonic very, very delayed, if any at all. So there's already a big market they're probably not going to hit or help make them their money back. And, I mean, I'm sorry, there's at least some entertaining parts. Again, most of them being Jim Carrey. But being just a normal going moviegoer that did not play and grow up with Sonic, this really didn't hit many bars for me. This just fell right in the middle with some things just very, you know, annoying me. So... I'm going to give Sonic the Hedgehog a C-. So guys, that's been the catch-up through January and part of February. I clearly did not see some films that have been getting critically hated reviews, like The Turning, The Grudge, Like a Boss, and so on and so forth. But that's because, again... I started not feel well, and I had things come up, and I couldn't go see some of the films, so. Other than that, there's a foul play getting ready to happen soon, so be ready for that. I will not be the host this time, and judging, I will be a competitor, so get ready for that. Uh, until then, please, if you feel like sponsor helping out, Please donate if you can, and if you like what you keep on hearing, please f subscribe and follow us here on the Crazy Poultry Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at GuyLoco89, Facebook, Ian Novak, and that's all I care to share with social. Till then, see ya.